Welcome to that Smiling Dentist show. This is Shamil Radia, and I'm proud and extremely happy today to share with you some of the recent tips that we've developed off of our recent road shows and lectures and all sorts of midnight meetings all over the world with several dentists. You know who you are. Um, and so we are going to talk today uh, about some of the simple hacks, okay, and we're going to we define them into four simple hacks, really, um, that really uh, came from actually a lot of the technology work that we used to do in the big companies like IBM and, you know, like here if you live in Canada, places like Rogers and things like that, where we really, uh, you know, kind of defined uh, some of the, the big enterprise decision-making processes uh, into sort of, uh, you know, small smaller kind of chunks, like sort of, you know, very achievable chunks in the sales process, right, that affect the sales process. And I always say that it's the smallest things that affect your sales cycle. Everything uh, is affected by very one small thing that you may or may not see, either, you know, before or after um, they meet you, right? And so uh, today... We are going to talk about actually what defines that. Um, and so first of all, here are the four things that you need, uh, you know, in order to be successful with, uh, a, you know, with a sales strategy, right? In order to actually understand that, you know, there's core components in your business that if you do not have, you are wasting all your money on marketing, right? You should just halt all marketing until you specifically have these internal things to actually measure, um, you know, what's coming out of that, right? So you got number one, your CRM, right? And I have talked to hundreds of dentists in the last few months that have no CRM. In fact, you're probably listening to this right now. And you're like, what's a CRM, right? And so a CRM, it's a customer relationship management system, okay? So you use a patient relationship management system right now, likely lots of different patient, you know, relationship management systems when they are a patient, you have nothing that tracks your pre-sales patient process other than a yellow manila folder uh, with a bunch of written down notes. Uh, you know, perhaps I've seen them on, on actual napkins in the office. Uh, you know, I've seen them in spreadsheets. Well, you're really organized if you have it on a You know, you're not organized if you have it on a spreadsheet. You are failing if you have your leads in a spreadsheet right now. Okay, no company that is paying and we're making billions or millions of dollars you know, let's just start with millions, right? Because that's where, that's where we are in practice. You're making billions. You're probably, you don't need much help if you're a single or two-person dental practice. But, you know, if you're making millions in any business, okay, and the businesses specifically that are in the highest competitive markets and need to get your attention within 10 seconds and make a sale when you weren't actually, you know, considering uh, buying something that day, all right, have a pre-tracking process because all sales are made on the fourth follow-up. Right, most sales are made in the fourth follow-up period. If you don't follow up four times, you may as well. That's why salespeople, you know, let's call them salespeople, are paid big money. Like you know, if you're going out and searching for, if you can sell, you are set for life. Period. You'll never be without a job. There's always going to be somebody that you know has a really shitty sales team. And I apologize for the language there, but you know that is just the reality of the situation. And you you feel that's a frustration, right? You start swearing when you're frustrated. Well, you know what? Bad sales teams are shitty, period, okay? And so at the end of the day, you know, you need, to, you need to track exactly what the start to the finish of that sales cycle is. And the only way to do that is a CRM, okay? And so 
one of the free CRMs that, that we use, uh, like I, this is actually, I, I always used to say free was the most expensive decision I ever made. Um, but in this case, this, this free tool has actually been a lifetime of absolute value. Uh, and so, so far, uh, my favorite tool to use after using hundreds of tools in the industry is HubSpot because it's free, right? First of all, it's free and it's actually extremely in-depth, right? Salesforce is out there. They're amazing. Sorry, Salesforce, but, you know, you don't have a really good free version compared to HubSpot at the moment. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, to just be simple, you have it on your app, you can just, you know, launch it and it's HubSpot, right? So HubSpot and Salesforce are kind of the two top. You have Zoho and a bunch of other, you know, um, obviously big CRMs out there. Zoho is not like a, you know, just another CRM or whatever, but, you know, they're also massive. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's about kind of starting with something and then figuring out what you need to get to in that premium level. So Salesforce is amazing for script technology and integrating, you know, different types of, uh, you know, automations into your sales cycle, right? But you need to be there first. You, right now, you just need something that's better than, than Microsoft Excel, okay, to track your, track your sales cycle and easy to implement and they can do it off their mobile device or iPad and so on and so forth. So CRM is number one, right? But you cannot have a CRM filled with data without any sort of carrot at the end of the stick. So you have to have some sort of incentive or somebody whose reality, and this is number two, uh, which, which should be number one, but I never lead with the best one. Um, number two is having somebody whose reality is dedicated, simply dedicated to selling implants and full reconstructive mouth surgery. All right. Now, Again, I use the word sales a lot in this, in, in these podcasts and, and, you know, in my content, uh, I guess because it's, it's not a stigma, stigmatized word for me, right? It's not a bad word. A lot of people in health think that sales is a bad word, but if you want to keep the lights on, you need to sell stuff. So again, uh, you know, if, if you're, some people get offended if I use sales too much, don't get offended. It has nothing to do with sales. We know we're solving problems, right? You can't sell something. You need to have someone buy things from you, period, right? You do not sell stuff. You have people buy things from you. And in your process, in anyone's process, you need someone regardless, right, with enough, uh, you know, I guess gumption, competency, understanding, right, of that sales process, and quite frankly, whose paycheck and food is dependent upon them moving another implant case that month, right? Now, that's not to say they're going to sell something somebody doesn't need, but... There are people in their specific stage of the sales cycle that do need more education and, you know, perhaps somebody that doesn't have that experience to give them that sales, that sales cycle education or that education, that specific portion of the sales cycle is going to lose that patient. All right. So for instance, the one person who is paid on driving implant patients is not going to spend a ton of time, you know, talking about the peripherals of how you heard about them. They're going to actually just shut up and listen, right? They're going to listen to that person, that cosmetic patient or that implant patient call in and tell their life story for seven or eight minutes, right? I mean, look, look, I was an implant patient back in the day, uh, you know, 18 years old, lost my tooth in a soccer game, you know, but it was a much different world. Right. In fact, I didn't even really like I, my dentist just, you know, referred me over to his 
Powell who did, you know, who actually did extractions. And then that person referred me over to the person who actually did the implant, um, you know, and so there was like three or four dentists involved in that process, all of which I just trusted being passed from the next person to the other. Right. But that dentist now retired. And the last I spoke with him, he was very thankful he retired because he never really had to market. Right. He never had to position himself. He was the only person in like a town of 70,000 people. Right. So in his case, he never had to market, he never had to do anything. But um, you know, now if a friend of mine or if I needed an implant now, right, I would be going around and I would be searching around for somebody um, that, A, in my case, because, you know, I'm not your target market. I'm a guy. I'm 43 years old. You know, I you know I have straight teeth. Uh, everything's good, right? But if I lose a tooth, I'm not going to be like looking for someone to listen to my life story, right? That's just not where I am right now. I mean, so I'm like, look, I like to talk, but I won't be like telling you my life story on my on our first call. I'll probably just looking for an appointment. And you know, I'm a guy, so we're kind of a little bit defensive, a little bit. You know, you just got to break through that a little bit, make sure you're competent enough to deal with me, and then you know, convince me that you know you're the best person for the job, and that's about it. But again. Different genders, different demographics, different areas, different so on, right? There are going to be those people, men and women, okay, that call in and are looking for somebody to listen to their life story. And chances are, if they're coming in off of a some sort of advertising that you're doing or some sort of article, um, you've made them nod their head, right? In the sales process, if you've made somebody nod their head early in the sales process, it is something that is absolutely invaluable at the end of the sales process because you've already made them nod their head. Second of all, if you've listened to them for half an hour and you listen to them tell you their life story, there's two things. One, they're not going to want to go and tell somebody else that life story for another half an hour, right? They're not going to invest those intimate knowledge that they've just told you for that half an hour. And hey, guess what? In order to sell something that's worth 10 to 15 to 20 grand, you need to develop a little bit of a relationship first. Like life's changed, dentists. Right? Things aren't the way they used to be. Right? You can't just wa- expect that you're going to get some sort of advertising and someone's walk in the procedure or walk into the practice and give you a $20,000 procedure. It doesn't work that way. You have a lot of preframing. You've got 10 to 15 other, you know, um, reaches or whatever, you know, tentacles in the octopus arms or whatever you want to call it, you know, that are out there, you know, uh, whatever these, inf- I've read, actually it was an infographic I saw today, sorry for the cheesiness, and you know, I saw some octopus with a bunch of tentacles and the octopus was the central, you know, brain and then the tentacles. Are, anyways, you get my point, right? You've got multiple ways to generate this business, generate these new patients, um, but you just are missing some really key components, right? So the first two, right? CRM, right? Go in, you want to pay for one? Go use the sales for us. They're the best. Um, but, you know, if you want to start with something, start with HubSpot. Just go simple, right? Start with HubSpot. Um, number two, one person dedicated to implant sales, okay? And they understand the nuances in the sales cycle um, and their reality and they're fed on this. So quite simply, they're involved with exactly what you're involved in, which is feeding your family based on how many patients you're able to get in, uh, you know, get in their mouths, right? So um, number three is during the sales process is you need to establish a success criteria checklist. Hey, there's a reason why, uh, you know, tech companies and these, these massive companies that are revolving around sales, there's a reason why, first of all, there's a reason why they, their first hire is a VP of sales, okay? First person that a dentist hires is a receptionist. Now, great. That's awesome. You know, we need receptionists. I, I, I all reception. I love you. Uh, many of them are very friendly and nice and, you know, some, some aren't. Um, but, you know, grand majority are, you know, great, nice people. 
Uh, That's not the most, unfortunately, that is not the right now where if we're an implant sale, that is not the person that's driving your business. In fact, that's the person in many cases that's losing you the business. Okay. And that's not their fault. That doesn't mean you go and fire your receptionist or, or he or she sucks. That, that doesn't mean that. That just means that they were not designed to train or trained to sit there and listen to somebody for 25 minutes and establish a relationship with them and then put them through a specific sales process and follow up with them five times before they buy right? They're there to book and make sure that your schedule is not overfilled and people aren't pissed off when they're leaving the practice and they're there to help. They have a wealth of other things to do other than be dedicated to a process they're not getting paid on. Okay? Period. They might be benefiting from that process, you know, the outcome of that process, but they're not getting paid on it. So don't be selfish and involve them in a process that, you know, quite frankly, they're not being paid on. Expect them to give your best first impression. If you do, you're damn lucky, right? But that's just not the case anymore. Okay, so you need to make sure that, you know, when that person is dedicated to implant sales and they're answering that phone and they're getting on with that that new patient, that before they leave, they're given a success criteria checklist. Uh, like, again, we, when I'm talking about these many tech companies that, that have been extremely successful, the first person they hire is that VP of sales. And the reason they hire that VP of sales is because sales is the most important thing. And that VP of sales can establish a process, okay, that's going to take them from zero to multi-millions of dollars. And every single one of those VPs of sales is experienced. And the experience comes from understanding that no matter what, you are going to be measured against your competitor. Okay, so if somebody's going to be coming in, you have to just assume you are going to be measured against your competitor. Okay, if you do a great job developing a relationship, then you can get by that measurement. And, you know, again, when it comes down to decision time, that relationship's the most important. But that doesn't mean they're not going to evaluate somebody else. Okay, so you need to establish the criteria. And so rookie reps, when they get into, you know, tech or, you know, big, big time, big high margin enterprise sales, and I reference tech because that's where the billion dollar sales are happening at the moment. Um, you know, if you look at, at, at someone like that and they, they get an RFP, which is a request for purchase from a major company, um, you know, the major companies requesting a, for purchase because they don't know about those products. Like they don't have experts in-house. Someone may be like, say, in security and a security person, but they may not be an expert on database security, right? So they need to learn about that. And they need to make sure that they measure those folks against a certain set of criteria first because they're not experts. And so you have to understand that your patients before coming in, they're not experts. And so you're asking somebody who is not an expert and a complete rookie to evaluate something as an expert. So you need to make them somewhat of an expert in that or dangerous enough enough to evaluate them. Right. So, you know, in, in, you know, you cannot expect somebody to know something um, that, you know, before they know it. Right. So so in your patient's case um, and, and in the you know, major company's case, they set the stage. So a rookie rep coming in that gets an RFP, his first question would be, um, you know, how much is the RFP worth? <laughs> right. OK, so. That's the first question to anyone. That, that's you know maybe many people you can ask your you know staff that tomorrow you know get a major request for this purchase. What would your first question be? And it'd be like, well, how much is the request for purchase worth, right? That's not the question you ask 15 years later. Okay, the question you ask 15 years later is what position am I in to respond to this RFP? Okay, who else have you asked? Now, if I'm third, I know I'm cannon fodder. So at that point. All I'm going to end up doing is answering like cannon fodder and positioning myself to ensure that I still maybe have somewhat of a chance, but I know that's a low-odd deal, and I'll put that into my low-odd bucket because I know I'm third. But if I'm first, I'm setting the stage for everybody else. Okay, Now, 
a bad word in, 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 you know, any other sales, but health is, you know, fear, uncertainty and doubt, right? FUD. And so that is really the way a lot of, you know, software products are positioned or tech products, products are positioned, right? And internally when you kind of get down on the dirt. Okay. And that's mainly on features and functionality. So fear, uncertainty and doubt in dental is essentially that dentist may not be as good as me and you don't know, they don't have a good reputation. Maybe they might necessarily be cheaper, right? But they might be better, right? That's kind of the fear, uncertainty and doubt that people have to establish early in a sales cycle to know that. Uh, and it's again, it's not a malicious thing, right? It's they're they're trying to establish that, and it's a natural thing. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt is always established because you're establishing fear, uncertainty, and doubt only comes when people are ignorant enough not to know what they're looking for, right? So when you're fearful, uncertain, and you're doubtful, it's because you're not educated about a specific topic. So you need to be educated on that topic, right? And so a lot of times, you know, experts who are evaluating, say, a security product, would look at it and go, well. You know, I know that these guys do the same thing. They're just wording it differently, right? But a patient doesn't know that. And, and you, should, you need to be able to teach them uh, exactly what to look for, okay? And so I always say establish a success criteria checklist. But go one step further and establish that success criteria in a way that makes, you know, makes other dentists have a difficulty responding to those types of questions, right? So, uh, you know, in your case, it would be why did you choose to become a dentist, Right. And you have already answered that question for them. And it's a preset framed answer. Right. And they can ask that question to their next dentist. And that actually throw the dentist off. Like, why did you choose to become a dentist? Oh, well, um, my parents thought it'd be a great uh, profession. Um, I grew up and my father was a dentist and I decided I want to be like, that's not the right answer, man. You know, it's like I wanted to help fix smiles. I just love this stuff. It's in my gut. You know, I love helping people. And that's why I decided to become a dentist. And like, patients like literally that just came in last week that hugged me because I just replaced her full bridge and she had very little bone um, in her jaw. And I, I managed to get uh, a full bridge in there for her, right? And, and, and she's now back to work and confident. And she came in last week and hugged me after six months because she got a promotion, right? And I know that teeth have nothing to do outwardly with promotion, but in her case, it did because she's in sales, right? And so she was in support and she went and got a new set of teeth and now she's been promoted to a sales position that's outward bound, okay? So... I mean, at the end of the day, that that is the reality of life. Okay, you know, people feel they'd be held back. People are held back because of their, um, you know, perhaps their what people think their dental hygiene is, right? They may not have enough money to treat themselves. So you need to establish a set of success criteria that helps that person measure you against others, and also teaches them and gives them a checklist to walk away from to show that you've already answered all the questions that they need to ask, right? And so. That is, first and foremost, what you need to do when you are in any position of sales, okay, is make sure that you understand what position you're in first in evaluation, um, you know, and, and make sure that that success criteria goes out, okay? And so number four, which leads into this uh, success criteria, is, is sort of a, uh, what we always love to do with uh, many practices is help them identify, um, you know, what the pre- and post-op educational series should be. Right. And so if they come in and they figure they need implants, but it's just a crown, here's how you prepare for that crown. Here's the benefits of it. Here's some, you know, a couple of short educational videos on the risks, maybe, um, you know, and 
the outcomes or what people thought were risks or myths, right? Myths versus risks, you know, and things like that, right? And so those are the different types of things you need to establish because once you, uh, most of them are calling in again with, with, with very little knowledge and you positioning yourself as that person, giving them that knowledge and measuring against everybody else is going to get you the business ultimately, right? With three or four follow-ups um, and, 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 and you ensuring you're in front of them, why would they go and give all and go through all that work for somebody else, right? And they also know that they're measuring you against that person who hasn't put in that amount of work. Like, why would they go to somebody else that just taught them for 20 minutes, didn't give them a success criteria checklist, didn't give them a bunch of educational videos and a free consultation, um, you know, and essentially had someone specifically dedicated to it and listen to them for 45 minutes, tell their first intimate story, right? You are not going to get that in another, you know, in another sitting, right? I mean, you it's exhausting, right? When you physically, when somebody physically opens up, you know, I had a great, uh, you know, client of mine, you know, we had a conversation earlier today and it was, it was, look, I mean, uh, it was for one of his practices and he knows he's like, this one practice is just not doing well. Um, you know, in- internally, you know, they get tons of, tons of, uh, you know, business and tons of people coming through the doors, but their conversion rates have just dipped miserably. Um, you know, because he hasn't focused on the few key aspects and he goes, finding good people is really, really difficult. Right. Finding like somebody to actually do this stuff is extremely difficult. Right. And so, you know, again, you know, he, he now just needs he, know, he knows what he needs to do. It's just finding that power of one. Right. Finding that one person who, you know, is going to make a huge difference, difference in your practice and that can actually be dedicated to it. But money does talk. Right. So there's lots of folks who have a lot of experience in the industry, um, you know, that. Uh, you know, would be happy. And if you find at least that person with potential in your practice and come up with an incentive plan for them, um, as per number two, establish a CRM for them to be able to track and follow up and manage these patients and physically define a new role in your practice as the practice, I guess, essentially salesperson or rep, practice rep. Okay. Um, Then, and they follow these four key elements. Okay. Just four key absolutely key sales elements um you know then you will be successful period there is there is no doubt um this is just these are proven predictable it's like blocks of lego right um again you've got too much competition to not so you have you're not going to be you know taking down patient uh you know names and so on on napkins anymore or highlighting excel spreadsheets with you know green versus yellow versus red um, which probably would be pretty advanced for most spreadsheet users considering that they're probably just writing it down following up once and saying they never answered and then never looking at the spreadsheet again if they even update it okay so do these things okay establish a crm Look for that one person and incent them, okay? Make sure it's a commission-based structure. This is not uh, not bonus commission, all right? Success criteria checklist established, number three. And number four, establish an educational pre and post uh, series, pre and post meeting, um, you know, via email, okay? Via your auto autoresponder series or whatever it is, however way you communicate with them. If you want to mail it out to them, mail it out to them. But just establish that touch pre and post so that you're ed- always educating them, you're always in front of them, right? As always, if you need any help, you go to thatsmilingdentist.com, okay, forward slash apply. You can speak with one of me, even myself. You can speak with the co-founder, Dwight Brown. Um, you know, speak with any one of us, but you want to speak with me, go and apply. That's www.thatsmilingdentist.com forward slash apply. And, uh, and you know, give them your story. Let me let them know, and, um, and I'll jump on the call with you, all right? 
and uh, we're looking forward to speaking with you. And again, if you hopefully this helped, all right. Any checklists are coming out soon. Watch for those and uh, head over to thatsmilingdentist.com for any other questions. Thank you.